Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Bottomoth Mosley Radio Show. You have reached the man cave here in Regan, Georgia. You're more than welcome to call in at 347-945-7975. Want to hear what you got to say. As you can tell, my voice is a little weak on this evening. Had a great time out in Las Vegas sharing a 50th birthday celebration with some of my great classmates from V. Lelahua High School in beautiful downtown Hawaii, had just a blast all weekend. Also got to share some time with some former college teammates. Shout out to Rev, Taz, E. Green, LJ. Uh, met some friends via, that I met via Facebook that I really didn't know, but got to meet them. Shout out to Stevie and, uh, and Gail for hanging out with us, making sure it was a great time. But I'm back. Got a lot to talk about. Hopefully some folks will call in and have a little response, but in either case, you know I'm going to do my thing. I'm going to keep talking until the time is up. Want to go over a little NFL action, a little NCAA football action. We'll dabble a little bit in some Major League Baseball just to give them a quick shout-out. And, of course, at the end of the show, I got a little something-something that I want to talk about just from my point of view. Again, you have reached the Motormouth Mosley Radio Show. As always, we're always looking for sponsors, whether it's for a show, whether it's for a segment, whether it's for a year. We're always looking for a sponsor. If you're interested, inbox me on my Facebook page, send me a text, holler at your boy. But what I do want to start off with is talking about how well I'm doing in my NFL picks. So far, through five weeks, I was sitting at 55 and 22. That's a good 70% and a little change. It was pretty good. I was pretty happy with that. Kind of took a couple on the cheek last weekend, but I still came out of 10 and 5, which really didn't uh, affect my overall score too much. So now I'm sitting at 65 and 27, which I think most people in Vegas would be pretty happy with. I don't deal with point spreads. I don't discuss fantasy football. All I care about is wins and losses. So let's go over last week's games. The games that I got right. Let's go over the games I got right. I got the New York Giants losing to Chicago. Nailed it. Cincinnati Buffalo called that one. Oakland, Kansas City. Stevie Wonder saw that one happening. Let's see. Uh, Philly, Tampa Bay. You knew sooner or later Philly was going to show up. Tampa Bay is uh, one of the problem children in the NFL. Green Bay, Baltimore, great game, but I called it. Said Green Bay was going to go into into Maryland and knock knock off the defending Super Bowl champs, and they did. Jacksonville, Denver, I called Denver, but I thought it would be just a dominant, and I believe most people thought so too. But Jacksonville, to their credit, gave them a good game. Uh, New Orleans and New England, probably one of the better NFL games over the weekend. Saw the Saints go down to the uh, Patriots. Called that one, got that one right. 
Uh, let's see, whichever, what other ones? Oh, Arizona over San Francisco, and, of course, my Dallas Cowboys knocking off the Washington Redskins. Yeah, I got those right. Where I went wrong, though, where I missed the boat, where I was wrong, was Detroit got beat by Cleveland. Cleveland protected their house. Carolina, I picked Carolina to knock off Minnesota, which they did not do. And I actually thought that the Jets would knock off Pittsburgh. I don't know what I was thinking, but I did it. That was my call, so I stand by it. And what was a little bit of an upset, a little bit of a shocker, was the St. Louis Rams went into Houston and knocked off the Texans rather decisively. In fact, it was pretty dang ugly. Um, and then finally, on the late game on Sunday night, um, the resurgent San Diego Chargers uh, held their ground and knocked off the Andrew Luck uh, Indianapolis Colts. I was rather shocked at that one, so I guess I got to start giving San Diego a little bit more love because uh, that was just a little bit of a shock to me. So last week I went 10 and 5. And of course, tonight <clears throat> I do have to get into my picks for this week's games because the games start on Thursday, so I get to get my picks in on Tuesday. So can nobody say I was looking at scores or cheating or, or that the game didn't count? So let's start off with this week's Thursday night game, which will be Seattle versus Arizona. I still say that Seattle is one of the better teams in the NFC. They will go into Arizona, who is somewhat improved. Carson Palmer has made a difference. Larry Fitzgerald, still one of the most elite wide receivers in the league. Um, he may be the only weapon they have, but they can't do much about him, uh, and they can't stop him anyway. So with Carson Palmer there, I think this would be a, a decent game, but I still think Seattle to uh, take the home the victory. And I think that will bring them there. I believe five and one. Uh, let's see. I've got Tampa Bay against Atlanta. Tampa Bay is on five. They've got a rookie quarterback. Atlanta's coming off a bye. The Dead Birds will win that one. Cincy versus Detroit. That game's in Detroit, and that's the only reason why I'm giving Detroit the edge in that game is home field advantage. Buffalo, Miami. Both teams are definitely playing better ball than I would have expected this time of the year. So I'm going with Miami this week. New England and the Jets. New England versus Benny and the Jets. Uh, New England will knock them off, go into their house, and dominate them. In one of the premier games of the weekend, which I don't know if they're going to televise here locally, but I will be watching it one way or the other. And that will be Dallas versus Philadelphia. Both teams are sitting at 3-3 three and three atop of the NFC East division. Philly is playing better ball than they were a few weeks ago. They made a change of quarterback due to injury. Michael Vick's out with a hammy, and uh, we will see what happens with uh, Foles can come in and get the job done. But, of course, as always, I will be picking the Dallas Cowboys to win. Chicago goes into Washington. Washington played a decent game this weekend. I'm still going with the 4-2 Chicago Bears to go into D.C., and knock off the Redskins. And I will have a discussion at the end of the show about that mascot. St. Louis versus Carolina. I'm going to give Carolina the edge in that one, I guess. I'll go to Carolina. I will go to Cam Newton and his boys to take care of their house. Uh, Sam Bradford, I think, took a pretty good beating last week, so we're not sure if he's going to be able to play and who's going to be their quarterback, but I'm definitely going to go with Carolina. San Diego over Jacksonville this week. I learned my lesson. I will be going with San Diego to go to Jacksonville and make the Jaguars 0-7. So 
San Francisco, Tennessee, Niners, Cleveland, Green Bay, the Pack Attack, Houston, who saw this coming. Jeez, the Texans, supposedly Super Bowl contender, talking smack, trying to berate my Cowboys. Come on. And then they just throw up a, a, a state bomb last week. So definitely I'm going with Kansas City to protect uh, what used to be Arrowhead Stadium. I don't think they call it that anymore, but that was back in the golden days. Uh, Kansas City will, will move to 7-0 and with the victory this weekend. Baltimore-Pittsburgh, big-time rival, big-time rivalry game in Pittsburgh, but I'm still going with the Ravens. And in a emotional, what will be an emotional game for Peyton Manning, his Denver Broncos will be visiting Andrew Luck and the Indianapolis Colts in his in Peyton's first visit back to Indy after all those great years he spent playing for the Colts. I'm sure he's going to be going through a whole lot of emotions. I'm sure the crowd will be torn. I'm sure some will be happy to have him back. I hope that their fans understand that it was a business decision by their owners to let him go at the time. It was too much of a risk. Unfortunately, the risk benefited the Denver Broncos, and he was able to come back from it. But there was no way being owed the kind of money that he was owed coming to him if he would have played another year in Indy that the owners should have made that move to keep him. So they did the right thing. They did the right thing by him. And fortunately for uh, all parties, it actually worked out because now Indianapolis has their quarterback of the future, Andrew Luck, and Peyton was able to come back off that neck injury and still have a career, a very spectacular career this season so far. So I am, But I am picking Denver to go in and, again, knock off the Colts to be 7-0. So that will give us two undefeated teams in the NFL uh, that will continue to be, and that's Kansas City and Denver. They are both uh, in the same division. So we're definitely looking forward to the two matchups that they will have this season and see who uh, who can prolong their undefeated season. And on Monday Night Football, I guarantee you that the producers, directors, owners, prognosticators, whoever it was that picked the Monday Night Games did not expect that Minnesota versus the New York Giants would be a 1-4 Minnesota versus an 0-6 New York Giants. That will be a game that unless – Something spectacular happens, the viewership will be very down. I can't imagine too many people tuning in to watch an 0-6 and a 1-14. So, folks, there go my picks for Week 7. I've got Seattle, Atlanta, Detroit, Miami, New England, Dallas, Chicago, Carolina, San Diego, San Francisco, Green Bay, Kansas City, Baltimore, Denver. And in my last pick, I will pick the New York Giants to finally get a victory and be one and six. They gotta win sooner or later. I can't imagine that locker room uh with Coach Coffin in there. Those guys are just getting ripped left and right. Again, you're listening to the Motormouth Mosley radio show. This is your host, Motormouth Mosley. If you're interested in calling in, it's three four seven nine four five seven nine seven five. Thank you people that are logged in and listening online. If you got something to say, just go ahead and hit us up and chat. I think I can multitask and chat and talk at the same time. But if you want to just sit and listen to my uh, my eloquent voice, 
go right ahead. Saturday, as I said, I was away hanging out with some friends from back in the day. Was at this place called the D in Vegas, sitting with some friends, getting prepared to watch one of the great rivalries in college football, the Oklahoma Sooners versus the University of Texas Longhorns played the Cotton Bowl in Dallas, Texas, which is a midway point between Norman and Austin. So it's in Texas, but it's a neutral, it's neutral distant, uh, for equidistant for both teams. And we were sitting there, me and one of my dear friends, Dave, and his lovely wife, Mary, and the two men happened to be Texas-born, Texas-bred. We'll be Texans until we're dead. And Mary, we went to the university, to Oklahoma University. So there was a little smack being talked. There was a little jowing going back and forth. Oklahoma came in ranked number 12 in the country. Big, bad. Oklahoma, Texas, struggling. There were talk that Mac Brown, the head coach, could be gone. Lost games, struggled on offense. Defense couldn't stop anybody. It was a little shaky down there in Austin. But in what may be a season saver, the University of Texas Longhorn put a spanking, put a spanking on the Oklahoma Sooners, 36 points. Now go back up to Norman, lick your wounds, good luck rest of the season, and hope that Baylor don't treat you worse when y'all play them. And some other college games that I thought were Somewhat interesting. You had Missouri going in between the hedges in the Athens, Georgia, knocking off number seven, Georgia. What that did, that probably eliminated Georgia from any consideration for playing in a BCS championship game and quite possibly any BCS bowl game at all. Gives them two losses. Probably won't, won't bode well for them. And what it also did is this is the second year in a row that a newbie to the SEC went in and knocked off one of the big dogs. Last year, you had Texas A&M knocking off Alabama. This year, you got number 25, Missouri, knocking off number 7, Georgia. So if you thought that the SEC was so big and bad that teams from other conferences couldn't compete, couldn't handle, oh, boy, were you wrong. Congratulations to the Missouri Tigers knocking off number 7, Georgia. In a couple of other games that that caught my attention, Texas A&M knocked off Ole Miss in a offensive showdown, 41-38. Baylor, 35. K-State, 25. Okay, I got a problem with, with them pollsters and their rankings. Baylor, sitting at 5-0, and all, dominated everybody they played, won this game, threw up 35 points, which is half of what they've been scoring but still won the game by 10 points in a very good Kansas State's back, Manhattan, Kansas backyard. But yet they're only ranked 15th in the country. That's why I'm throwing out their rankings. I'll get mine in a few minutes. We had number six, number 10, LSU, knocking off Florida 17-6. Bama dominated Kentucky 48-7. And then my, my old boy, Kenny Newmark, the little Navy team, took one on the chin against Duke. 35 to 7. Coach Ellison's Army team knocked off Eastern Michigan 50 to 25. Georgia Tech, oh, they lost to my number one college nemesis. They lost to BYU. Come on, Coach Buzz, get them straight. Coach Johnson, get them right. 
either get them back on the horses of a non non conference game, meant very little, get back from the ACC and do what you do. Last shout out goes to Coach Dino Babers. Now, this is a FCS team, which is you know used to be Division One Double A or whatever, but it's you know not the big dogs, but they knocked off big dogs. So, uh, much respect goes to the Eastern Illinois Panthers. Number three ranking in FCS, Coach Dino Babies are sitting at five and one. They dominated Austin P University, sixty-three to seven. I'll give a nickel to anybody who's not in the military or who did not grow up a military brat who can tell me one, the the home of Austin P University, where they're located, and number two, tell me what the mascot is, Austin P University. They're led by quarterback Jimmy. Garapolo, I know a lot of you Hawaii people that are listening know that Andrew Manley, formerly of Lelahua High School, formerly of New Mexico State, has now uh, joined their roster. He's sitting like third on their on their on their depth chart right now. Uh, more than likely going to sit out. Hopefully, gets a red shirt year or at least a hardship year based for on what happened to him last year at uh, New Mexico, New Mexico State, that is. But the thing about uh, Jimmy Garapolo is that he just set the school record for total offense, and that record was formally held by none other than Sean Payton, head coach of the New Orleans Saints, and it's also the same school that Tony Romo attended. Next up for Eastern Illinois will be the Tennessee State, I think, Tigers. Wish them the best of luck. Coach Babers, keep them going. See you in the big, big time championship game. Y'all got no sense to have a playoff, but unfortunately, some don't. Uh, do want to go back to talking about Baylor again? Baylor has scored 69, 70, 70, 73, and 35 points in their five games. Dominant, just dominant offensively. Their defense has been stout, but yet they only have a number 12 ranking or a number 15 ranking, depending on where you look. That's why I've come up with my top ten. Number one in my top ten, I can't even argue with the, with the big guys on this one. There's no doubt about it until someone proves different. The Crimson Tide of Alabama will, are the number one team in the country. Oregon, with their offense, the flash, they're number two. I really like the Clemson Tigers at number three, though. I really like that ACC team. Great defense. Unbelievable skill players with Taj Boyd and Sammy Hawkins. At number four is where I start shaking things up, and I make it my list. I've got number four, Baylor. I've got number five, Florida State. I've got number six, LSU. Seven, Texas A&M. Pac-10, although they lost out, uh, Stanford got knocked out of the top ten last week. UCLA is repping. They're representing the Pac-12 at number eight. You've got number nine, Miami of Ohio. Uh, Miami. Not, not on a while, the real one. They got Miami. And at number 10, I got a three-way tie. I'm going to cheat. I got a three-way tie at number 10. I've got Ohio State, Louisville, and USC. No, don't get your pennies in a bunch. I mean the original USC, the University of South Carolina Gamecocks, not the spoiled children over in L.A. So that's my top 10-plus list for the uh, college rankings. Uh, I think one of the more interesting games of the weekend will be Florida State being led by freshman quarterback 
famous Jameis Winston, who will be playing, I believe, Clemson in what should be a great game. Uh, I will confirm that Florida State and I believe Clemson will be playing this weekend. But um, a real quick check on the Major League playoffs. We've got the NLCS going on. We've got the St. Louis Cardinals leading the Los Angeles Dodgers 4-2 in the top, bottom, bottom, bottom of the ninth inning. So it's now one never. We'll see what happens with that game. Should be having an ending pretty soon. Of course, a lot of folks are probably backing the Cardinals because they've got local boy uh, Colton Wong playing for the Cardinals, so I know there'll be much love there. Um, we'll see how that one rolls off. Yes, I was correct. Florida State does play against Clemson. According to their polls, that's number three versus number five. According to my poll, that's number five. Versus number two. Oh, go figure. Go figure. They finally got it right. They finally got it right. Um, but we'll see what happens this weekend. should be a great, great ball game. Going down the list of other major college bowl uh, battles that are going on this weekend, and none of them are quite as enticing um, as, as the game I mentioned. You do have UCLA playing against Stanford, who just got knocked out of the top ten. They're going to be hungry. They're going to be at home. I would not be surprised if they knocked off UCLA, knocked them out of the top 20 rankings. Baylor will play against Iowa State. They will dominate them at home. They will win by at least four touchdowns, and they still probably won't get any respect. So, oh, well, there goes the rankings. Real quickly, again, you've reached the Motormouth Mosley radio show. This is your man, Motormouth Mosley. Doing what I do best, run my mouth. As I stated, Major League Baseball, you've got St. Louis Cardinals who are leading the series two games to one. They're up four to two in the top bottom of the ninth inning. They win this one will be three to one, which is the best uh, first of four series. Uh, it would look really uh, shady, but uh, one thing we learned on Sunday night is don't count your eggs before they hatch. You had a great game in the ALCS. Boston Red Sox versus the Detroit Tigers on Sunday night. I was watching that one while watching the Cowboy game. And when the Cowboy game ended was when all the excitement came for the baseball game. Eighth inning, bottom of the eighth inning, Boston's at home losing one to five to the Detroit Tigers with that unbelievable pitching staff. They're losing, and you've got – Big Poppy steps into the box. In one of those situations, and as little boys, those of us who were athletes, who thought we were athletes, who wanted to be athletes, who wanted to uh, follow in the footsteps of great athletes, would always put ourselves in situations where, you know, the bases are loaded, your team is behind, uh, and you hit a grand slam to win the day, save the day, win the game for your team. We all had those moments when we were growing up as kids, as little boys. I'm not sure. Some girls probably did too, maybe in other sports. But as, speaking from my childhood, that's one of the things we did. You know, either you're making the last shot to win a basketball game or you're making a great catch to win a football game. But you know, hitting that grand slam home run at the 
in to put your team ahead or to win. That's all those one of those things that as little boys we dreamed about. Well, David Ortiz stepped into the box, two runs down, excuse me, two outs, three runs down, four runs down, excuse me, four runs down, and yanks one. Yanks a line drive over the wall in right field to get a grand slam and to tie the ball game. And a game that looked like it was virtually over already. I'm sure some of those fans had already walked out of the building and Poppy did what he did best. When it comes to playoffs, there's nobody more clutch. There's nobody who is more dangerous in the batter's box than David Ortiz in the playoffs. So this is Grand Slam. Red Sox tie the game up, going to the ninth inning. They hold Detroit, coming back. And Jared Salsamakia knocks in Johnny Gomes uh, with a single to win the game and propel Boston ahead in the series two games to one. Um, actually, they tied the series uh, one game apiece, and then they had a game uh, earlier, uh, which put the Red Sox up two games to one uh, in the series. So even though this game looks like it's over and getting close to being over, it just got over. No late-game heroics for the Dodgers. Sorry, mini plate. Sorry, Matt Kleintop, but it looks like the Cardinals do what they do way too often, and that is show up when the playoffs start. You don't hear much about them during the year. They don't have any real highfalutin, high-marquee stars on their roster, but they always find a way to show up late in the season. So congratulations to the St. Louis Cardinals growing up three games to one in the NLCS. As I stated earlier in the show, there's a a topic that is becoming more and more present in the NFL this week, over the last couple of weeks, actually, and that is the controversy over the team name, the Washington Redskins. And I know that some people will say it's much ado about nothing, uh, that there are more important issues in this world, uh, that people are being too nitpicky or that they're taking this uh, PC thing way too far. Well, let me say I disagree with all of that. I think it is an issue, and I think it's an issue that needs to be addressed. I think it's an issue that Daniel Snyder, the owner of the Washington Redskins, needs to take steps and fix. I know that there are other teams that have nicknames and monikers and mascots that depict Native Americans, but there's a slight difference. And it's not necessarily with the logo of the Redskins. It's with just the name Redskins. You've got the Atlanta Braves. You've got the Cleveland Indians. You've got the Kansas City Chiefs. In basketball, you've got the Golden State Warriors. In college ball, you've got nothing anymore because they had enough sense to change their names. They had enough sense to take the steps necessary to do what was right. Because in college ball, you had you know, the University of Miami, Ohio, they used to be known as the Redskins. Well, they changed it to the Red Hawks. You had the Syracuse Orange Men, which was just changed to the Orange. Stanford used to be known as the Indians, and now they're the Cardinal. 
St. John's, they don't have a football team. They do, they don't have one of any significance, but they were a basketball power back in the day. Chris Mullen, you know, those kind of guys. And they were known as the Red Men. Well, they changed that to the Red Storm. So they had in a sense to do what was right. Now, Washington, the Redskins, which some of you may not know, and some of you may be Redskins fans, and you still may not know the history of the team. You still may not know the history of your team. You do, what you need to know is that the Washington Redskins have a history when it comes to race relations. They were the last NFL team to desegregate. I will break that down for you people who don't understand what desegregate means. They were the last NFL team to allow players that are not Caucasian on their roster. They were the last team to have African-American players on their roster. The rest of the league had already made right or wrong, but yet the Redskins held out. And they would have held out longer, but, and and a lot of these folks won't believe this, but the only reason why they they desegregated the team was because John F. Kennedy's administration had told them that either you hire black players or you can't play in RFA Stadium or the stadium that they had at the time because it was owned by the Department of Interior, I believe, the land was, and they said, if you don't get black players, you can't play on this field. You've got to find a new home. So if it wasn't for the pressure, political pressure, to desegregate the Washington Redskins, who knows how long they would have drugged their feet. So, Daniel Snyder, you've already got a bad rap with that situation. Fix this one. You don't have to change the mascot. The mascot depicts a, a brave warrior, but the name is just derogatory. And it's not a question of whether or not I feel it's derogatory or someone else feels it's derogatory. It's derogatory toward Native Americans, and we all should be sensitive to one another, not just because it's not derogatory to us. And it is derogatory to me because it's just wrong. So hopefully, Daniel Snyder, I know you're not listening because I got a little bitty show, but I definitely hope that in the near future, some of you Redskins fans will force him to do something about that moniker, to do something about that name. That's my pick. That's my talk. That's my commentary on that little situation. Now, the interesting thing about it, when they actually did segregate the, desegregate the team, their first draft pick was none other than Ernie Davis. Ernie Davis, some of you may not remember, was the first black man to win the Heisman Trophy he played at Syracuse University after Jim Brown did, and unfortunately, he died of leukemia before he could ever play it down in the NFL. Some of you may have seen the movie The Express, which was loosely based on his life, starring Derek Luke. But he was the first draft pick of the Washington Redskins. He was later traded to the Cleveland Browns because they wanted him to play alongside Jim Brown, 
But they actually drafted two other African-American players who back then, Negro players, black players, whatever you want to call it. But they, they drafted two other ones. And the first player to actually sign with the Washington Redskins was Ron Hatcher, who was a fullback out of Michigan State. He was the first to sign in 1962, while the rest of the league had already been desegregated. So I'm calling you out, Redskins fans. I'm calling you out, Daniel Snyder. Fix a wrong. You you got a staff of a million. You pay them money. They can find another moniker, another nickname that will be more fitting than Redskins for your Washington franchise. You're the third most valuable franchise in the NFL behind the Dallas Cowboys and the New England Patriots. So step up, do what's right. That's my take on it. Again, you've been listening to the Motor Mouth Mosley radio show. I am your man, Motor Mouth Mosley, even though I sound more like Louis Armstrong tonight because I got some voice issues going on because I party just a little bit too much with my friends. But I do want to give a shout-out to the 1981 Lily Rule Mule class for having their 50th birthday celebration. I want to give another shout-out to my University of Hawaii alum, radio, uh, Rainbow Warriors football team that played a valiant game against UNLV, fell a bit short, and it seems they, they just need to find a way to learn to win, but they fought gallantly. Much love, much respect. I want to thank you for listening in to the Motor Mouth Mostly Radio Show. It has been a fantastic 30-plus minutes. I've enjoyed myself more than you could ever imagine. If you're listening live, thank you for listening. If you are listening on an archived later version, I absolutely want to thank you for taking the time just to listen to what I got to say. I just want to say have a great week. Talk to you again on Thursday after Scandal. All my Scandalholics, be ready to holler. Have a great weekend of football. Mahalo and have a great night.